This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number seven, One Giant Leap. Welcome back, everybody, for this final season-ending episode of Eureka. Not well, that, Save Eureka. That would make sense. That would make sense why it was such a big buildup. I was like, wow. I, I'm stupid. I didn't realize this. Season. I was like, man, this is traumatic. Wow. Let's see. Hey, wow, this is amazing. Wait a minute. They're not going to be able to wrap all this up. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty harsh, I suppose. We should jump right on that, huh? It's pretty, pretty tough just... I, I'm trying well, to decide what is more uh, anxiety-provoking. Uh, one that, well, obviously, you know, that they have just gone somewhere we don't know where, but uh, either that Fargo is going to be, you know, six months away, like, in space with someone that he just started sleeping with and just started a relationship with, or... Yeah, two, what could go wrong with that? Or two, <laughs> I know. Or that uh, Joe is like doing this weird like i gotta go like lily thing from how i met your mother i'm well, gonna go to california and find myself keep in mind we're, we're not actually sure if if anybody in the Astraeus is coming back because <laughs> the That's project the coordinates were changed right right and you know this was this was that that warp drive thing where they, they need the cancellation pad on the other side to slow them down so if that got screwed up they're gone well, I mean, we're, we're basically down to uh, Carter and Henry. <laughs> That's why it was so easy for them to rap on season five, like on Twitter. Oh, like, yeah, we just wrapped everybody. <laughs> there yeah, are only three we, characters left. We're down to three. One of whom is only a recurring character. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like Carter, Henry, and like Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple season five. <laughs> yeah, it becomes like a you know three men and a baby or something like Carter. Henry, Kevin, and Jenna all living in the smart house together. It's like a sitcom. <laughs> well, you remember back when uh, back when we talked to Colin Ferguson, he said, "Oh yeah, there's a big, you know, there's a big happening at the end of season four that will essentially, uh, you know, change things up in season five and give it a unique feel that's entirely different than the others, the same way they've done because before." Because nobody's left. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's I, a unique feel. I think it seems pretty clear, though, what's going to happen in season five is that we're going to have two simultaneous stories going on. We're going to have what's happening on, you know, what, what's happening on uh, with the people who left and yeah. what's happening back in Eureka. They better give us two stories because if they only give us the perspective of like the people in Eureka and don't show us anything. Why would you do that? No, they just I mean, leave it. Just doesn't it. make yeah. any sense. Just don't go back to any of the characters that have left at the end of this episode. It, it was a joke. No, yeah. I, I know. I know they wouldn't do that. I get it, but I mean, it seems like there's a really interesting setup here. I mean, we're, yeah. we're going into season five. I'm trying to think of a similar situation that we've had where where we've had the 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 main characters of a of a of a TV show split like that. BSG, yeah, season, season three, yeah. Where you had like half, a, half the half the ships jump away, the other half are stranded on the planet with the Cylons invading. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one that comes to mind. Allison's losing an eye. <laughs> you know, she could lose an eye and she'd still be hot. 
<laughs> she could lose like an eye and a leg and like an elbow and you know rip half her hair out she'd still look pretty good allison gets back wandering around gd it's in the fracking ship (laughs) (laughs) and then uh fargo and uh dr martin will have some sort of like mutant baby that'd be cool i uh (laughs) <laughs> like in other news, <laughs> you know, I, I just uh, picturing Carter having to take care of uh, Allison's kids in the interim. I just imagine a scene from the start of the fifth season where we're going to get Deputy Andy in some kind of um, apron taking care of. <laughs> I know. It's, oh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. Like, like if Deputy Andy volunteers to ha- to to help uh, Carter out or whatever. Be like and, Alice and the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he'd kind of be Rosie the Robot at that point. <laughs> Ouch. Speaking of that, like, just tangent real quick. It was funny when uh, Allison approaches Kevin about yeah. the idea of moving in. And he's like, will Sarah clean my room? And she's like, I- I'd imagine so. And he's like, all right, I'm in. And I thought it'd be funny if there was someone who saw that scene who, like, had not watched the show and didn't know that Sarah was the house. <laughs> and they'd be like... That sucks, you know. What a little brat! Yeah, he was clean his own damn yeah, room. Yeah, some woman to clean his room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this like weird fantasy about someone walking by and being like, "What kind of show is that?" I don't know what you're talking about, but I think that I can judge it. <laughs> Boy, poor Carter just can't catch a break, though, can he? I mean, he—that's he... when you know things are going to get bad—is that when he starts to get happy. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, he he first gets. Uh, you know, he starts developing, uh, he develops a, this long relationship with Allison in alternate universe number one way back when, right? And then that gets ripped out from under him. And then he, you know, it, it's just every time, every time he makes any progress in this relationship, it's just. <laughs> Not again. I know. It's just gone. Did anybody else but me kind of want in the scene where Joe says goodbye to him, want her to like kiss him on the lips like really hard and then be like, sorry, and then like run off? (laughs) (laughs) Poor Joe. You know, it it seems like. Oh, come on. No response. Jeez. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was wondering if it would happen, but it, you know. Okay. So see, I'm not the only one. seems like it seems like joe kind of started developing into a more detailed character she was always this kind of wishy-washy person that like wanted to be accepted but but uh but wanted to be herself and and she always could be counted on to you could always count on her to do something that would be kind of wishy-washy and make things difficult for everybody and that was sort of how she played for a long time and then when she became the uh, head of security at GD in the new universe, it seemed like she sort of opened up and started developing as a character and her relationship with, uh, you know, with Zane started getting interesting and everything. And it seems like in the last couple of episodes, she's sort of gone back to old Joe. You know, it's interesting. The fact that, um, you know, not three episodes, we were feeling sorry for her because she was wondering if Zane would leave. Yeah. And now she's the one taking off and she's leaving just like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I never felt as strongly as you, Chuck, in terms of Joe. Like, you had said in the past that you thought Joe was kind of wishy-washy. And yeah. I never felt that or, or noticed that as much. But 
But I think that you're right to some extent and that maybe that could be explained by what she says, which is I've always been trying to, uh, you know, prove something to somebody or prove myself to someone else. And maybe that kind of explains some of her erratic behavior or whatever is that she was doing it for weird reasons and that now she's at the point in her life where she actually realizes that there are weird reasons and that she needs to get right. Huh. I think though that this also sets up for the storyline of, well, you know, I went out and tried this and, uh, Oh look, Carter's coming to visit me. And Oh look, I remember how much, uh, I, I love all these people and how I belong with these people. And Oh look, I'm coming back story yeah i i would like to see that i would hope i yeah i would i would hope that this is kind of a you know lead back in over the course of uh there's another show that did that and i can't remember oh house did that with uh with With, like all of his fellows (laughs) (laughs) like Like, literally everybody everybody went through the same arc on that show (laughs) The difference is they all leave to get away from him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Different reasons, but yeah. same results, I guess. I thought maybe you were thinking of Warehouse 13. They, they sort I don't of- want oh, yeah. That. Warehouse 13 had the same kind of thing. I'm not caught up on all that, actually. Yeah, I'm not caught up with the most recent stuff, but, uh, but yeah. No, I mean, yeah. only one episode. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> That's all right. Um but yeah, you know, I would hope to see that in Eureka. And it's funny, we've always said that Eureka does not do the predictable thing. But right. but that doesn't mean that they don't have certain conventions that they do do. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe does come back, but it'll be in some unusual way that we don't expect. You know what I mean? So like the convention will work out, uh, but they'll just find some cool way to do it that we hadn't thought of. That would be cool. I think it's interesting that they brought Taggart back for like a couple of episodes, really mainly to to serve that Joe arc, you know? I swear, it feels like, you know, when Juan said that Joe's starting to feel like first, like early on Joe, it feels like the show is reconnecting with some of its early roots. And in a lot of ways, I can't help but think that they knew that the show might be canceled. You know, because why else would you kind of be nostalgic in any way? You know, you'd just be pushing forward. You know what well, I mean? Well, this, this, this would be a really terrible episode to end the series on. Oh, God. Yeah, that's oh, yeah imagine if this was the end. <laughs> yeah. It's like would... everybody's unhappy. But you know what I mean? Maybe it's one of those things where they had like a sixth sense about it and they're like, you know, hmm, let's. Yeah, I mean, that could have been. Yeah. I, I just get the feeling, though, that they knew that they were doing season five because they had they had purchased the episodes quite a while back right so so they knew they were doing another ep- at least another uh partial season after this yeah 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 so yeah they, I, I don't think they ever would have ended on this type of episode if they had got canceled well, this no, would no. Have been a completely different episode um i think that you know maybe they were in you know in the writing room and going oh wait a minute we haven't come across taggart in here and and then kind of maybe started also looking in you know as as a question of when they were starting to uh deepen joe's character a little bit this season um i don't know i think i think it all ties in like like you said it's a little kind of in your face oh look it's the end of the season let's bring back uh taggart but uh yeah. it's cool though I, I, I was like, <laughs> throughout the whole episode, I'm like, where's the double cross coming from? Where's the double cross coming from? Because I'm just expecting, like, the the senator or whatever, um, 
Yeah, she Senator still creeps Wynn, me right? out. I know, me too. So she's like, got like overly enthusiastic about it about the launch well, going forward. Well, she did that thing where like, she seems I'm... like really, yeah, where she seems like really excited, happy, and then like her like Doctor Jekyll like will whip around and be like, "This mission needs to happen." Yeah, yeah. That, that was clearly an important point, and and we didn't find out why. You know, during the episode, so I get the feeling that that's an important part of season five is oh, that yeah. well, they're, they're setting up some kind of of conflict with her beyond what we've seen in the past. In fact, we've never really understood why she has such a hard on for screwing with Eureka. <laughs> you know my theory. You want to you want to know my theory here? What's that? I think that she's working in with Beverly, and I think that this plot device where the the little black holes eventually um were threatening to destroy the entire town i think the launch was supposed to go ahead as scheduled with these black holes starting to cause little problems around everywhere after the launch was redirected and sent somewhere else for whatever nefarious purposes is that that was about the time that those black holes would have naturally kind of become the one big singularity and destroyed the town erasing the evidence of any tampering with the project wow okay well i think bam theory <laughs> yeah. well i i think my theory is uh is partially in line with that i think that i don't know about beverly although i wouldn't put it past beverly well but, whoever's beverly's working with right right but I, I think the i think the senator the is the beverly group yeah <laughs> the beverly clan um i i think that uh winter is coming i think that the uh the <laughs> senator industry is, <laughs> I think that the senator is connected to and knows about whoever was really controlling the lodge. I think that the fact that it, I think that something messed up at the end that truly surprised the senator. Like, I, I don't think she knew exactly what was going on, but I think that she is linked to someone else controlling it. And maybe they cut her out of the loop. Like, maybe that's where Beverly comes in, is that the senator thought she was in the loop, but then everything goes messed up at the end and, you know. Um, the other thing is, though, I don't think that Beverly would destroy the whole town in order to cover up evidence of something that she did. She was be. going to earlier, wasn't she? Yeah, I, I thought that was the idea. Was she? See, I thought. Yeah, that, yeah, the thing was going to explode. It was bad. I thought that Beverly's whole motivation—that's <laughs> that's a description there. Just like any episode, yeah, it was uh, bad. No stuff was, was bad. Remember when Jack's Jeep bad. got destroyed? And, I love that the Jeep almost <laughs> gets sucked gets into a sucked black in. hole. <laughs> it almost gets sucked in. The black hole collapses, and then the Jeep just plummets. <laughs> oh crap! I think do we owe do we owe default profit some cash? I think that I can't remember. Didn't we bet him that 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 the uh, that the Jeep would end up on Titan? Oh, I I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't. I th- I think. There was a bet yeah. about that. It's in a podcast, too, so yeah. we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, someone will find it. <laughs> Let yeah. us know, people. <laughs> Remind us. Well, I was, well, maybe I'm just misremembering. I'm probably forgetting something about the Beverly storyline, but I always thought that her motivation was this kind of misguided attempt to control technology so that big bad things wouldn't happen, that, that she saw as big bad things. You I, know? I think in this universe, the way that she described it to... Uh, Mr. Sport um, <laughs> was uh, that her father wasn't recognized for the, the accomplishment. So that was her kind of uh, driving force. But uh, then she was basically sh- the people that she worked for. Th- she thought that they knew best as to what to do with the technology Ooh. and to take it out of the hands of the uh, government funded 
uh, operation. And I could right? and I could see Beverly rationalizing to herself that everybody in Eureka was dangerous and that it just wasn't worth trying to keep them all under control well, anymore. So it'd be better just to get rid of them. And keep in mind that she seems to be aware of the time shift. So basically a lot of these people contributed to the timeline change, which, you know, caused events with her father, blah, 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 blah. And so she's considering these people direct enemies anyway. You know, who Beverly's like, it's like that, um, the robot in like Asimov who, kills humans because she eventually comes to the determination that the best way to save humanity is to kill a whole bunch of humans who would be responsible for destroying each other. Oh, it's yeah. I'm yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I, mean, I suppose it's Vicky in the movie, but in, in the movie, yeah, it's another, Vicky. It's, um, you would know Chuck. I mean, you're, you're yeah, more that's well not, read than I that's, am. That's definitely not, not Asimov storyline. The, uh, Oh, I, I thought it. Yeah. The, no, uh, what, what they, well, Essentially, the the tr- the whole thing behind behind the whole robot story arc, which is huge, incidentally, uh, without giving away all of it. Is this an it, Asimov or yeah? Okay, is that um, who else would it be? <laughs> well, you said that that wasn't an Asimov story. What I just said. Oh, okay. No, I I, I was talking about Asimov, but if you uh, if you wanted to talk, I I don't understand. Did you want to talk about something else or? I, I'm sorry. I just I'm dumb. I didn't get it. No, we were, we uh, what Audra was trying to describe was like the um, the interpretation of the three laws kind of thing as you know what the malicious actions that we're taking is a high level interpretation of how to best protect the most people. Yeah, and you're the one that told me about that, Chuck. And in the movie, and in the movie uh, iRobot, that was personified by the Vicky AI in the in the building where she's like, "I have interpreted the three laws and uh, you know, basically to pr- protect the most humans, we have to remove your free will." Yeah, and and that was the trick, not that not kill a bunch of them, which which wouldn't work. Right, uh, it was control them. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and essentially that's that's what I was starting to say was that uh, was that in the the Asimov robot arc, which is a very large arc that covers a whole lot of time and space. Uh, it's sort of like you have you have one robot in particular that that sort of controls humanity through a variety of means over many thousands of years to direct it into a safe place. Essentially, like, like you said, Juan, suggesting that because that the best way to, to prevent, you know, to protect humanity is to protect it from itself by, by directing its, its flow. So it's a good, it's a good analogy. I think not necessarily the difference being that, that uh, with, with Beverly, I think that Beverly is also angry and the two things yeah. cross, you About know, her, on, yeah, her, her, her dad she, and all that. She may have uh, a persona that's talking about such noble ventures as, oh, look at all the uh, advancements we can do when these advancements are put into the right hands. But her driving force is um, jealousy and bitterness and revenge. Yeah, she might start out with the idea of doing one thing, you know, doing something that she sees as noble. But in, you know, in, in the long run, that might be her goal. But in the short run... She has other feelings, and those feelings would come into play, like we saw in that episode a while back. And I feel dumb because I'm tired, and 
But I, I'm I'm pretty sure you remember the one where where she took over the facility. She was prepared to let everybody die if need, including be. Zoe. Right, if need be, oh, to yeah. make sure that. Well, she was yeah, she was willing to take Zoe out specifically. She's just probably jealous that Zoe has perkier breasts than her. It all comes down to booze. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the wicked witch and or the wicked queen in Snow White. She's like sends the huntsman out. Kill Zoe. Bring me her heart on a platter. I shall I shall consume it, thereby (laughs) obtaining her youth. On that subject, Fargo got some. Oh yeah. How is that on that subject? Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm like, did like, I miss something? I, I mean, that seemed you? pretty straightforward to me. I mean, I thought damn. you meant the hard on a platter. No. Well, hard on anyway. That was you. Hard on. <laughs> hard on and boobs. There you go. Now we're getting somewhere. And so is Fargo. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I'm really glad that it worked out when he tells um, Dr. Martin that he loves her and she's like, you know, in her reactions, kind of ambiguous, and then she's like, "How did I get so lucky?" And you're like, "Oh, thank God!" So <laughs> yeah. I was so worried she was going to be like, "I'm not ready for that." But then again, there was that part where, uh, and and it could have just been a, a Fargo moment, but when uh, when the captain says, "You know, there, this will put us to the test," you know, and, oh yeah, this will test us in ways we couldn't have imagined or something. And he's like asking <laughs> her, and and she's suggesting all these ways they could die. But of course, the first thing I thought was is. Or, hey, you could hook up with somebody and then things could go awry and you could be stuck in a room, you know, in a six by six room for six months. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) That would kind of suck a tiny bit. Oh, you know what would really suck even worse is if he knocked her up like right before they left. That's got enough time at least. But that she really didn't want to be. And then like blames him for it and then gets all angry and. This is Eureka. You think that? Yes. They'd, they'd, I'm trying. I, I thought it was funny. I'm, I'm like taking out, out the the you know worst possible scenario just to be. I don't know. That's not the worst possible. <laughs> to me, the worst possible scenario was things don't work out, and then you have to be in the same room with that person for six months. That would be. Or God forbid, you're one of the other people on the crew that has to be in the same oh, room man. with both of them for six oh, months. <laughs> even worse. Oh, you are so right. Damn. Yeah, it's back to that. You know that that episode where they were training and making the the stupid paper swans and stuff. You know? <laughs> you know? I, I did like the little little show of respect to uh, to Will Wheaton's character. That was, yeah. I love that they managed to let him not be a complete dick once. Just at least once, yeah. they let him not be a dick. Yeah, that was cool. Isn't that awesome. It was funny. He's like, "Thanks, Doug." Try not to die up there. It's <laughs> <laughs> the nicest thing that Parrish has ever said. Yeah. That was cool. That was nice. The only nice thing he said to uh, Fargo, definitely. I wonder if we'll have like a Voyager style thing where they'll be able to communicate. <laughs> no, no, I mean where. I'm sorry. Well, you know, like like it was a big change if you think about it. They from, send back a holographic Andy. <laughs> it, it was a big change in the show, though, from the time when they could communicate. At first, they couldn't communicate, so you had this just they were separate on their own, which can't really happen here. You would think that. Let's say that they could communicate. It would kind of add a dimension to things. It, it would change things a bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just imagine. I was like kind of pairing up the characters in my head. Like <laughs> Grace would be Janeway. 
Uh, Allison. Oh no, no, Grace Allison would, would not be, be Jane. Allison would be Torres. Well, she's the the There's commander. There's no way. I mean, yeah, but but that's where it would end because, I mean. If, if Grace were Janeway, could be Chicote. <laughs> then Grace would figure out like on day one, there would be an opportunity to come home and she would throw it away. And then <laughs> Janeway would be like, oh, there's some stupid moral crap reason to, you know, oh, save this, save this collection of potted violets that I should do instead of taking us we home. We could get home. But I would have to cheat slightly at a poker game. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to have and to I'm, stay. And I'm a member of Starfleet, and I'm not going to do that. You're like, holy crap. I, I Zane's it. history makes him fit the Tom Paris role, and I'm pretty sure uh, that he could, you nice. know, every time they communicated with everybody, when the communication ends, he could just say, pleasant fellow. Yeah. <laughs> I swear Tom Paris does that like every other every episode. Every episode! <laughs> And uh, Fargo can be Harry Kim. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good, actually. I know. See? That's not bad. Except for that means that Harry Kim would have to be hooking up with Belana Torres, which would be... Uh, no, he doesn't Felicia. hook up with Belana. I know. That's his point. Oh. Because Felicia would be Belana Torres. Oh, I said uh, Allison would be Belana Torres. Oh, okay. Yeah, Felicia well, Day could be... Um, hmm. One of the Delaney sisters. Yeah, I was say one of the twins. <laughs> Are you <Yeah>. kidding me? <laughs> she could be Cass. Yeah, oh God! Do we ever see the Delaney? So we do. No, don't we do. Yeah, oh, there we is do? one episode where we see the Delaney sisters. I thought we do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Harry Kim likes the wrong Delaney sister, the one that's not attracted to him. He's like the you know the Jordy LaForge of the Voyager. Like he oh, always likes so the wrong kidding. person. You were so right. Tom Ferris is always throwing in his face too. It's like the wrong twin, a hologram, a Borg, <laughs> an alien who you know. Gives you a sexually transmitted disease. That's uh. <laughs> what you get for being a little punk. <laughs> so there you go. See, Fargo is not Harry Kim. Fargo is good to go. Fargo has already found I and know, hooked Fargo up. Fargo was getting around. He's, exactly. he's late season Harry Kim. What, you mean like at the end in the alternate future when they, uh, when he's like 50? Yeah. And oh, and the, episode, the the iced over episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, Felicia Day can be uh, seven of nine. I'm not seeing that. No. <laughs> Take off all your clothes. <laughs> Don't worry, <laughs> I won't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Not so much. All right, fine. You imagine <laughs> what you want to imagine. I'll imagine what I want to imagine. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> It'll be interesting, though. I bet right in the first episode, we find out something. First episode back, we find oh, out yeah. something about what happened to them. It'd be interesting if they made us wait an episode. Or oh, or if it did like a one year later thing. <laughs> 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 Bear McCreary would be like, you know, what would be really cool? <laughs> I've seen this done before. What's the name of the uh, Fargo secretary guy? Larry. Larry. Larry's like pulling a gun out at Henry's like, I, I believed in you. <laughs> Henry's grown like a big uh, cheech mustache. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've taken this too far. Yeah, maybe. You know, you know what? I going back to our previous discussions and previous episodes here of how we 
you know, we fall in love with like all of the characters on the show. Yeah. Anybody come close to being really uh, actually kind of sad when the uh, when the coffee shop went up? Yes. Well, yeah, that was awful. Uh, what what does Vince, he say? He's like, like, oh, he's that like sucks. well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what. What's great is it's just the one building, too. <laughs> the exact- adjacent buildings are fine. Yeah, I, I wondered about that giant, like, you know, miles-long walk-in freezer in the back. Yeah, all the food go to. It was bigger on the inside. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That would have been... It was funny because Vince expresses exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my spices! Yeah. <laughs> well, you're just thinking, this is this Where's great place where all this neat stuff happens. Oh, so he like, could be Delix. <laughs> He's got all the Leola root going on. <laughs> and the sideburns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We could have the first episode with Vince soaking in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was funny. I mean, the whole idea of the black hole. We've we've talked before about how the science in the show is fun because it may not make sense, but that it doesn't really matter, you know. But I, I thought it was funny how there's this black hole sucking up the ocean and the ground and then you know the jeep and yet carter is able to use like his biceps to kind of pull himself away from it yeah. like that's pretty awesome you know <laughs> those are some strong arms audrey's like why couldn't it have sucked his shirt off yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it was kind of funny it's like the jeep gets lifted off the ground he's five feet away and yet he's able to just kind of lay there and- yeah his hair is not even blowing in the wind <laughs> <laughs> actually i i thought that because I wondered that at first. I'm like, I'm like, it's pulling bigger objects than the Jeep, and why is the Jeep not moving? And why is he connected to, you know? And, th- and then it, I noticed that there were various objects that were affected and not affected. So it was almost like it was kind of a bit random, you know? Like whatever was happening wasn't just this wide gravitational field, but rather like this sort of odd-shaped thing, you know, that was affecting some items more than others as it changed. Because you'll notice the Jeep, right. it affected the Jeep a lot, and then none, and then a lot, and then none, and then, just and then it back a lot. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it affected him, and then stopped again, and then him, and stopped. So anyway, I think there was it's erratic. an attempt to explain that. I don't know if I... Unstable singularities do not work that way. <laughs> <laughs> Unstable naked singularities. <laughs> that was awesome. I love the joke. Was... I wasn't thinking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and definitely not singular. Uh, what was the other joke? Oh, with all the rods. Yeah. His rods are everywhere. He's been sticking and, his and, rods everywhere. Oh, and we had the Joe Twelve. We're just here for your rod or whatever she yeah. said. Yeah. Yes. I love that we had Dave Foley in there, too. That was awesome. Yeah, and even getting a Scrubs flashback. Yeah. He, he almost plays the same oh, kind of character, right. too. He was the, the psychologist, right? Oh, yeah. In Scrubs. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. He, and I, I like the um, the Fobama. That was funny. I think I missed that. Fobama. That was that was hilarious. Because oh, he didn't. Oh, he's like it doesn't even. It was look a like fake him. motorcade. And and twice. And he starts calling it Fobama. Fobama. Yeah. He's like that's not Obama. It's F A U X B A M. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I missed that because I got up to like make coffee while I was watching it. And- <laughs> oh no, he he calls it a Fobama. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the the motorcade wasn't real. Like the president really wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah. They they sent a dummy one. Oh. Yeah. Anybody else think that it was weird that the sheriff of the town didn't know that the president was coming? 
Well, it is Eureka. They don't really tell him squat. That's what I figured. <laughs> it was just a Eureka thing. He is the last guy to find out about anything. Yeah, who, who and I guess it? it was a GD thing, so um, a Joe knew, right? I got Pretty the, sure. Yeah, I sort of got the feeling they told her last minute, too. Well, they did kind of say that he made the decision all of a sudden or or, or, or so on. So. Right. But it was kind of a big red herring at the beginning like that. And then it just doesn't come back into play at all. <laughs> a laser slices the presidential limo in two. And they're like, oh, yeah. Anyway, Fargo gets laid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like like 30 seconds later, you know why you were making coffee. You see that it, he wasn't in it. Yeah. Know? Oh, okay. Was, okay. That would have been, a, that'd been an oddly placed uh, cameo if he steps up. Hello, everybody. <laughs> what? When did he have time to be on Eureka? <laughs> what was that Clinton you were you were doing there? It was a bad impersonation of Obama. Oh, yeah, I, see. I got it. I got it. Hello, oh, everybody. That's that's yeah. The the first one was better. He he's got a. <laughs> I, I don't do that all that often. So I'm sorry. I'm it's not. Okay. I got it. I practice got it. at my Obama impersonation. <laughs> we should have got that crap together. I mean, you never knew. On Save Eureka, you were going to have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I love man. the guy on Saturday Night Live who always plays Obama. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but you remember we'll the, the guy. start calling him Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know, one of the writers was like, man, I got this great, <laughs> this great yeah. joke. And how how like, do we work it in? Oh, we'll just oh, have a motorcade show up at the beginning and then have it go away. It doesn't matter. It'll be awesome. Astraeus is important. The president might like to hear about that. <laughs> it's like in the other episode, they like set up this whole scene just so we can hear Carter say, nobody ever expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> worth, it. <laughs> worth it. Totally yeah. worth it. Or... Or the uh, the disaster of the week has the uh, exact disaster that's been in the title credits for the last four years. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I was thinking it's funny that Kevin shows back up in this episode. Like he's never there except just randomly, and he's always the same exact way. You know, really? he'd be like, like, hey, mom, what's up, dude? Like, make me a sandwich, mom. Oh, what's this cool thing? Oh, dude, you know. And then he like runs off again. <laughs> That's not true. We had the episode a while back where uh, the last episode was a Carter. He he was running around with Carter a whole bunch, right? Yeah, it was a character development story for him. So. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, take that, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen Zoe in a little bit either, but you're not like going on about how how Zoe's unimportant. You know, we just she's just not in the story right now, right? Okay. Still didn't get to see the kid, the other kid, right? Jenna. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh she's in middle school now. We did we did hear the name though, so you know that's at least something, right? Yeah, she's a freshman this year. That's still a bummer <laughs> that <laughs> season five starts, she's like thirty eight. <laughs> She'd be like Hera in Battlestar. <laughs> she's like she's born. She's one, she's she's four, spent, she's she nine. seven episodes, you know. 14 days old and then oh. jumps to four and a half. Oh, like you couldn't tell she's a freaking Cylon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she was born two years ago and she's Cylon. already four feet tall. She gets that from her mother. <laughs> Seriously, man. But yeah, lots of, lots of development for some characters. I mean, Fargo definitely, I, I call that a, a development, you know, and, and Joe and Carter. Man, Henry keeps getting screwed. Oh, 
Yeah. It's like he he was like there were there was no conflict between them this this time around yeah. and Henry's all happy and you know happy for her and and then oh look he gets screwed again. When they showed Grace's like biopod or whatever as they were yeah. all getting ready to go and it said like G Monroe on it and it kind of showed her name for like a couple of seconds all I could think about was Kim. You know, Henry's like partner or whatever from the other timeline. And I don't know. I mean, was I the only one who kind of thought it just seemed like the way he was looking at her name? You know what? I think it was. I, this just occurred to me. I think it was sort of a subtle symbol that gets into your head, but you don't really think about it consciously. It looks a little bit like a coffin, like in a morgue Mm -hmm. where they like slide the drawer in and it has the name on it. I think that's what, was a little bit creepy about it. I think if this had been any other show, I would speculate that they were dead. You know, that they were just gone and never coming back. But on Eureka, that can't happen. That's just not a Eureka no. kind of thing. Right, right. You know, that wouldn't be the way. But I think if, that's why if, I got if that. season five, episode one started out with three quarters of the cast being dead, it would have a huge fall off. And like, I mean, I couldn't watch it at that point. Yeah, that'd be pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, it's just not something they would do. Like know? the scene at the end of Halo 3, it's like, we bid, you know, a tribute to all the soldiers that have fallen in the Astraeus Project. And <laughs> No, no, <laughs> click <laughs> off, turn it off, I'm done. <laughs> that was funny. Guess yeah. what, everybody? Next one's a, a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I mean, I've been waiting for the other time shoe to drop, and it hasn't. I think it's key to note that they're still in this timeline and they still have this huge risk. It's a huge secret, I guess. And it has not, that shoe has not dropped yet. That's true. I would have sworn, I would have bet that that shoe would drop before the end of of Next season will split between two different universes where one's where they never met. And uh, at the end, it turns out that they were all in purgatory. In universe no. one, that's a lost joke. <laughs> nice. In, in, in universe, let's see, in universe one, uh, Henry Henry's wife will be dead. In Universe 2, Henry's wife will have never met him and not like him, but he knows that she was his wife. In in Universe number 3, you know, Henry will have will be married to someone else who loves the, him, but he doesn't know And the other one will know, know that she all. was married to him, but yes. he won't know. <laughs> universe 4, everybody looks like James Callis and runs around calling each other sport. <laughs> Yeah, and none of them are married to Henry, you know? <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, I mean, you can, you can almost catalog the universes by how they screw Henry over. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know? The writers it's got to be Carter or Henry. It's got to be at least Henry. You're so right. I mean... With some Carter on the side. Carter gets some enjoyment and things work out for him right up until he's ready to, like, make it formal. And then yeah. it all goes to hell. Henry, man, Henry just gets boned from the start. Hey, did anyone uh, else think, like, when Allison makes a joke with Carter, he's he's like, oh, I've always been a kind of leap before I look kind of guy or whatever. Yeah. And she says, yeah, this from the guy who it took four years to ask me out or whatever. But I was thinking, four years, uh, that is if you include the time that she was married. I mean, is that really... <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> is that really nice? I mean... I, I, she was I, never I, married. 
It was, Did they never remarry? No, he was her ex-husband. Even in they came I close. Carter to, gave her away back to Stark at one point. Oh yeah, or was that an alternate? It was no. an alternate universe. Yeah. Oh crap! They, they got oh, real. It was an alternate universe, wasn't it? And even then, it was it was they didn't actually get married. Remember? Because he, he dies. At he the dies wedding beforehand. Yeah. So he she's actually never been married oh, to him. Oh jeez. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but she was married before. Start. Yeah, but that was Kevin's before he met her. Dad. Either right. way, that comment is like, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I took it, it wasn't with like, it because it's like on every other part of his personality, he is a leap before he looks person, yeah. except with her. I and I think that's what makes the relationship special is because he doesn't do that. He is cares he, so much about her yeah. that he doesn't want to mess it up. Yeah, and then she, you know, just runs that idea through the dirt. <laughs> That's funny. Like, well, you took your four years to ask me out. I'm like, if you knew the whole time. You, know? <laughs> you could have done something about it. Yeah, there was a lot of that tension. I mean, it's definitely, I think, one of the long-time great, all-time great will-they-won't-they's. Because they, it, it's essentially gone from will-they-won't-they to uh, they will, they won't, they did in the past, in the future, it, in the alternate universe, it didn't work out. In the, in the timeline that happened and then didn't happen and that Jack totally forgot about. I mean, and then there's damn. Carter's defense is like, you you realize how many alternate dimensions we've been through? I have probably hit on you in many different ways. We just, we don't remember them because the universe is. Yeah, changed. how do you know that we yeah. haven't been hooked up the whole time? She's got like little charcoal marks all over her arms and face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Speaking of, I meant to I meant to mention. Wait, you forget. <laughs> though the joke is is not as funny now that that Joe has decided to pretty much bail and 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 leave. But, Poor Zane, man. But I thought it was really funny. Audra and I were uh, were kidding about how the other day about how you know he's like, well, will you will you wait for me six months, right? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. And and we were thinking about you know if you're a Doctor Who fan, Rory waits. 2,000 years, 2, right? 2,000 years. That dude is committed, okay? Joe is well, like we saw that the happen, opposite. I'm like, I'm like, Amy better marry him the instant she you know, <laughs> finds him again. If that's, if that's not enough commitment for you, I don't know what the hell is. So then, you know, but I thought 2,000 years. She can't wait six months. Yeah, he survives like... You know, dying, being reborn into like a plasticine body, and then spending two thousand years of you know fire and tribulation protecting her in this box or whatever. <laughs> and then Zane is like, you know, Joe would be gone for a few months. You know, you think you could stick around and not sleep with anybody else yeah, for a while? I don't She's know, like, man. yeah, man, I'm not not so sure. Maybe, uh, maybe in the fifth season we'll see that she did stop and picked up Taggart, and then she comes back married to him. Oh, that'd be great. Try not to oh, suck any and dick I do in the love triangle images. Try not to suck any dick in the parking lot on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, a I feel... quote. I think that's the first. That's a first. <laughs> I, I can't remember the last podcast? time. For this podcast? I think so, well, yeah. For this one, yeah. I don't remember the last time we had a Quirks reference like that. I feel a little bit bad for Joe because, I mean, I, I like... I connect with Joe a little bit, but I feel worse for Zane. I mean, I feel like he's Me really, too. he's well, really she, not she, done anything. She turns him into a human being and dumped him. Effectively. Well, well, I mean, she brought out the side of him that was tender and kind, yeah. you know, and then kind of crapped on it. He's like, learn to open. She's like, learn to open up so I can rip your heart out. <laughs> learn to trust Zane. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to break your heart if you're so close guarded? Yeah. <laughs>
I would still love to see her. I, I enjoyed her as a character a lot more when she was kind of her own person and wasn't like wishy-washy and trying to find herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I understand the dynamic is, is valuable, and, and it is it is helping make things complex in an interesting way. But I just liked her a lot more, you know, when she was head of security and was, like, really kind of, I Together. don't know, on it. Yeah. And yeah. Being you liked herself. it better when she was a simpler person? No, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I liked her better when she was a more complex person doing her own thing for her own reasons, as opposed mm. to just being sort of wishy-washy and trying to find herself. And oh, okay. Around. I get yeah. And you never yeah, know. Yeah, she has been a bit weepy lately. She sort of does all these things, but you never well, really get a strong I, sense of who she is because she I, does something different each time, you know? I think it's accentuated by the fact that she has never been that way until the second half of this season. Yeah. So it's like when she starts to have this kind of arc, it's like, whoa, this is happening to Joe? Yeah. That's, that's my anyway. Yeah. It was interesting how different she looked, you know, in her regular clothes with her hair down and everything. and On those sort of mm-hmm. out-of-date jeans. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's well, true. Well, you know, Actually, this was filmed in Canada, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the 80s didn't come to Canada until, like, 93. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, in a way, maybe that was, like... Because she had had them for a long time, you know, she yeah. doesn't usually wear street clothes. But, um, but yeah, it was weird to see her out of uniform and and out of herself in a lot of ways. But yeah, I look forward to seeing Joe kind of get back to herself and in terms of you know whatever that is, but at least more more centered or whatever. Wow, it's kind of tough though seeing everybody. I I you know we've had some cliffhangers in in Eureka so far. But never quite as big a cliffhanger as we have here. Yeah, this this is uh, kind of getting back to the size of a cliffhanger that we were used to in, like, Battlestar or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there have been some moments, like, uh, when they do the time travel arc and we think that Allison is dead. Yeah. Uh, right. That was a pretty big moment. But, but, yeah, no, like, end of season kind of heightening like this. Right. For for the most part, I I guess I'm probably a fairly bad gauge at it though because I had not watched it live uh, um until this half of the season. Right, right. So, I I have a bias of, you know, if I don't really remember what the season 1 to season 2 cliffhanger was if there was one cuz you know, I just went, you know, popped in the next uh uh piece of media and and kept hit play right i mean there was no break for me i'm like oh i don't have to wait a year to find out about this you know it's weird because i i have to admit that um some of the shows that i've come to later on like much after the fact like doctor who for example um you know i've been mainlining these shows just loving every second of it and just being totally immersed and, and ecstatic about it but i admit that there's a part of me that worries that my memory isn't functioning as well as it should because I'm taking in so much so quickly right. that it doesn't have time to really like soak in and I start really thinking about what everything means before I watch the next one. So um, it, it may not be a bad thing. I mean, because I can go back and rewatch them. But I'm I'm the kind of person who is always hesitant about that. Like, you know, I prefer to take in everything like media, movies, reading all that stuff 
extremely slowly and like ponder on it and read a couple chapters or whatever and think about all the symbols and remember every character's name and all that kind of thing. And, right. But, you know, on the other side of that, that prevents me a lot of times from enjoying a lot of things that are out there. Sometimes I just get too bogged down in, in that. And, yeah, there's, that, that's the problem is that just with the multiple ways of consuming media these days and the library that's available, there's too much content uh, to necessarily spend the time, you know, picking each part of it apart. Like, I mean, I'm watch. I, I generally after work, I'll watch half hour programs back to back, which are like what twenty minutes without the commercials, right? So, like the DVD copies. So, I'll I'll generally watch like eight to twelve episodes a night, <laughs> and uh, I yeah. I can guarantee I won't remember a lot of the stories, but the ones that I like, like when I was watching Doctor Who. I've gone back to the episodes that right. really made a resonance for me, like the library episodes or oh, the, uh, yeah. the, the end of time gridlock is another one. And I go back to those episodes that really matter to me and go back and then, then I can spend the time and really, you know, watch them, you know, watch them full screen and watch them with the full five one surround and everything. And, and kind of, you know, on the parts that really matter to me, I'll do that analysis and on the, on the stuff, you know, I mean, generally in a, in a show, you're going to have the not filler episodes, but ones that are less important to the overall arc of the story. Right. Yeah, or, or maybe but I could just, maybe I can blow through you. those and I'll, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say maybe something that didn't move you quite as much. It was a good episode, but you didn't find the same connection with it as others. Right. And then, yeah, I can, I can go through it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll catch the story and I'll, you know, enjoy it. But I don't necessarily have to, I'll have my brain focused on something else that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, my, my general, when I'm watching 8 to 12 episodes, it's not me sitting in front of a TV staring. It's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm working on other stuff, you know, whether it's GWC stuff or, um, you get like, or you know, browsing the internet or, you know, playing a game or something like that, right? You get like bed sores on your legs. <laughs> <laughs> couch sores. Yeah, couch sores. No, you know. Speaking of though, we're we're just getting ready to launch back into a big rewatch here, right? Yeah, indeed. Which is another excellent opportunity to go back and pick these things apart because that's what that's kind of what we're gonna do, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I I have uh, I've been through Eureka once, you know. I, I've I've rewatched a number of episodes back just for fun, uh, but I haven't certainly done an organized rewatch like this. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's going to be neat I'm not to... sure if I've watched a single episode of Eureka twice other than the one that we did a couple weeks ago. Right. Oh, the pilot, right? Yeah, I think I I blew through it and enjoyed it, but I haven't gone back to it yet. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward I'm to it. I'm going to make a list of all the ways that Carter's Jeep is destroyed and <laughs> keep That'd track. Be awesome. Oh, keep a tally. That would be fantastic. <laughs> We might have to cart up a sound for it that we can... Uh... Yeah, you know... Uh... Watched 11. <laughs> yeah, I feel... Uh, I actually find Eureka is is something that's fun to put on in, in the background sometimes. It's, it's a popular background show for me when I'm going to work on something that doesn't require my full attention. I think it would be fun to watch something. I'll put a, I'll put a Eureka episode on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that we had said a long time ago when we first started like loving the show was that it's one of those shows that makes you feel good to watch it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's comedy. It's also got drama and it's got sad moments and everything, but 
in general, you always feel good because it's got this kind of family sensibility, you know, this kind of togetherness. And we talked about that even more um, this year after Comic-Con where they were talking about the way they treat kids on the set and everything. But you just get that feel, you know, like there's that kind of um, that warmth and and heart. I guess that must be what it is, is the heart. And it, it feels good to watch it, you, you know. It's not like one of those shows that sort of takes it out of you and you have to kind of build yourself up to prepare to watch it. And it might be really good, you know, really good television or whatever, but, you know. Right. And uh, actually, that's what I was fighting against watching this episode because I'm like, I know that because of the way the show is, they're not going to do the all it out drama of, you know, this person has definitely died and this person is definitely lost and. You know, all of this bad stuff has happened and, you know, Starbucks showed up and here's the end of the episode. See you in a year. We're going the wrong way. (laughs) I kind of had to train myself to not think that because it's like I know that this is going to be a fun episode and it did turn out to be a really fun episode, even though it has the cliffhanger at the end to where we I mean, I said, you know, oh, you know, all the cast is gone. But, you know, it's like. I know that it's going to be, well, how does everybody get back? Yeah. yeah. Not, well, does everyone die? Yeah, I think uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to is, is in the rewatch is getting straight all of the alternate timeline stuff because it's so easy to forget. I mean, you think you got it straight, but then when they get three layers in, you start to forget it. And, yeah, uh, I think we, we got to do that chart that like the one I was talking about, uh, like in the first or second episode where the uh, with the uh, back to the future timelines. Oh, yeah. Where it Actually, shows somebody the... did post that in the forum thread. Um, I'm somebodying them. So sorry. But uh, yeah, and it was like 15 timelines or something like that. It was so, yeah, we should we should totally map all of that out. Yeah, that'd definitely be cool. I am so we've got we've got Jeep Watch, we've got timeline analysis. <laughs> oh, we're not even getting, we're just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool because a lot of people have mentioned on the forum that uh that as we start a rewatch they're diving into Eureka, so Oh yeah, a lot of people cool. for the first time. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh guys, probably about time to wrap up. Um Audrey, you got anything to add at the end of this uh yeah, sure. I mean, just, season ending episode. I thought it was a great cliffhanger. And like Juan said, I was, you know, excited to know that the next when we come back to the in the next season, it's going to be, you know, how do we get them back? Not do they come back? Um, And I'm really I'm really loving this. I'm I'm following all the uh, actors from Eureka on Twitter and, and a number of the writers and, and stuff like that. And it's a lot of it's fun kind of. You know, it's almost like looking into the future, you know, the things that yeah. they comment about. And I'm like, OK, we'll be seeing that in a while. Um, so, yeah, just uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really happy with the, the season closer. And uh, oh, by the way, if uh, if people had forgotten, uh, don't forget that if you are getting ready to buy your Halloween candy, don't forget that you can buy Hershey's stuff and uh, contact Hershey's company and let them know that you want to uh, support Eureka and thank them for their sponsorship and all that. I thought Halloween's a great uh, incentive to do that because they have those huge bags. Oh, yeah. Know, that, <laughs> that everybody oh, always yeah. gets. 196 fun-sized candy bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and don't, you know, don't bother with like the smarties. My fun is small. 
(laughs) (laughs) Don't bother with Smarties, you know. Don't bother with pencils or apples, you know. you say that, but then they they were giving out Smarties, uh, Eureka-branded Smarties as... uh, uh, as handouts at, at Comic-Con this Oh, okay. Year, so. Well, if they're Eureka brand Smarties, though, that's still, all right. I just thought it was funny. I, yeah, I, thought, hate, I actually thought they, as far as Halloween candy goes, they kind of suck. Yeah, but. I mean, it's colored chalk that's like, you know, sliced up. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, go get your chocolate on. Send an email or a, a snail mail or whatever to Hershey's. Let them know. And uh, that's it for me. I mean, uh, <laughs> Audra number two. Audra again. Idiot Audra. Audwan. Audwan. <laughs> well, um, this is this is the time of the uh, of watching the show live where I get really frustrated because uh, you know we got to wait till next year to get new episodes. But I'm I'm thinking that the fact that we're going back through old episodes and I haven't watched any of them more than once, uh, I think I'm going to get a lot of. Personally, I'm going to get a lot of uh, of uh, enjoyment out of that, and I'm hoping that uh, uh, everyone listening will follow along with us and uh, you know kind of give their opinion as to uh, you know looking back at some of these old episodes now that we know so much more about the characters. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. Having having done this uh, once with uh, BSG. I definitely remember the first time we uh, started that rewatch, and it was like holy crap, you know. And then you, <laughs> yeah. you want to know what I did when you guys got caught up to where you first started podcasting? I would watch the episode, I would listen to the old version of GWC, and then I would listen <laughs> to the week's episode. <laughs> that's funny. Oh wow, that's that was awesome. kind of over analysis and. I think people kind of berated me for it at the time, but it was fun. Oh, man. I think it's an honor that you were willing to spend that much effort on just kind of keeping up with everything. And I'm sure you ran across a lot of mistakes, too, because there were a lot of things <laughs> that we would be like, who is that person again? And what was that person's name? And, you know, and our theories would change and morph over time noticed? depending on who well, it, was, it, it actually, it was a hugely different analysis the second time around because... Yeah you had all of that extra information from like, you know, who was Cylons and that kind of thing. So it it was a completely different perspective. Have you noticed that Eureka people are really nice compared to BSG people? And there's a lot of overlap, of course, but like there was always during the during the, the peak of BSG, we got a ton of mail at GWC from people that were like, you know, screw you, you got it wrong. And I don't think oh, I've on the general ever, web, yeah. I don't think I've ever got one of those Eureka related. I mean, you get people that are like, Oh hey, you forgot about this, it's kinda cool, you know, it's just Eureka is such a happy place that it's it's seriously people <laughs> you hear that world send hate mail to Chuck at Galactic Water Cooler dot <laughs> Yeah, you, you'll definitely be the first that's ever done that. So Yeah, be the first, you know, earn a trophy. Anyway, um, achievement unlocked. <laughs> said truck hate mail. That'd be a great T-shirt. Might have to do that. Um, no, seriously. Looking forward to the rewatch. Uh, thank you for everybody who's uh, started listening. It seems like there's been a little uptick in the last week or two, and and that's really cool. Um, we will be back again next week with another episode per usual. Yay! <laughs> From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. 
We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate. 